Welcome back to the Meet St. Louis podcast, the show taking you behind the scenes of your favorite restaurants, breweries, and small businesses. I'm your host, Alexis Zotos with First Alert 4. This week, we're chatting with James Beard award-winning chef Kevin Nashen. He's worked for some of the best chefs in the world, but it was his time at St. Louis University that drew him back to St. Louis to open a restaurant. However, instead of opening up his own, he explains how he took over the beloved Benton Park restaurant, Sydney Street Cafe. It's now been 20 years, and it has been transformed into one of St. Louis's best restaurants. Then, in 2014, he opened up Peacemaker, just down the street. It's a much different vibe and concept, but an equally special spot. On this episode, we talk about the journey from growing up at his family's restaurant in Santa Fe, New Mexico, to becoming one of St. Louis's top chefs. Let's meet Kevin. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're sitting here in Peacemaker. Uh, you have a, a very long history of restaurants, both here in St. Louis, across the country, across the globe. Can we walk it back to the beginning? When was your first restaurant job? Um, first restaurant job was my family's. Hmm. We grew up, uh, I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and our family had a restaurant there for 27 years. And my brother and I and my sister, we all grew up, grew up in it. It was called La Tertulia. And uh, meant the gathering place. And that's, yeah, pretty much bust and wash dishes for a long time. Did you know from the beginning that sort of restaurants were, or at least the food industry was what you wanted to do? or No, <laughs> no. That's why I, w- I went to the university and I actually went came to St. Louis for that. I went to St. Louis University, loved it, had a great experience. Um, majored in marketing and poli-sci and nice. uh, thought I was on my way to maybe go to law school and um that's kind of like towards the my second senior year which would be a fifth year um <laughs> great student you could just tell that from the start um, you were having fun yeah too much fun <laughs> but you know it was my brother and I were basically like you know I kind of like to do the stuff we did growing up so mm. um when I went to the when I went to St. Louis University I worked um I was a glorified buzzer at Tony's, uh, nice. a back waiter, they call that. Mm-hmm. And then I worked at um, a restaurant called Colorado. John Rice and Lee Riddell owned that. And it was on campus, and it was wonderful. It was really cool, and I was a waiter and bartender there. And so that kind of filled my coffee jar, um, and I always just loved it. So kind of, you know, my my fifth year, I was like basically like one of us needs to learn a little bit about food. And so... <laughs> I decided that uh, I was going to go to culinary school. Mm. And so that's where it all... And then the second I went to culinary school, I went to CIA in High Park, New York. I fell in love with it. It just clicked. Like the first day. Like I was like, man, this is totally what I want to do. And um, just good vibes. You know, it's kind of when you meet somebody and you got that good energy and it's just, it feels like, you know, I don't want to be weird, but goosebumpy and stuff. (laughs) It was like, hey, I want to do this. So did that, you know, took the trash out in a bunch of restaurants um just was really um i loved it you know i lived abroad i lived here um you know lived all over the country and uh just took the trash out and (laughs) was mentored from a bunch of really good people yeah i mean how did you after culinary school how did you decide what direction you wanted to go fine dining versus more casual how did you decide well I think that, you know, the great thing is, you know, culinary school isn't for everybody. I think that, like, you know, and I wouldn't recommend it for everybody, but I needed direction. I needed something that was going to keep me for a second on railroad tracks. But 
I think the more important part that they instilled, and it was super important, is that in any field that you do, and especially cooking, is you need to have the foundation, the base. And the only way to get that, and it's still true today, is to work in the fine dining arena mm-hmm. in the beginning. And you know, you learn to make stocks, you know, um, your sauces, your vinaigrettes, you know, all the, your your meat cutting, um, you know, everything there. And so it was kind of like, well, that was an easy choice. And then you know, I was like, okay, well. That being said, it's like I want to go work for the best because the only way to, to learn is to try to get work. So it was just kind of a lot of like knocking on doors, getting doors shut on you, like, you know, and everyone. It's kind of hard to start off with um, in, you know, cooking, especially trying to go to good places because no one wants to give you the first shot. And mm. then you just keep on being perseverance. And then it was incredible. And Is it I, different then versus now? Do you think? Days chefs today have it easier to to try to get in you know whether it's just easier via social media connection networking uh, what do you think yes and no i mean i think there's a lot less fewer fine dining restaurants Mm. so actually i think it's still super hard in a lot of those and um and what i mean like fine dining mean like three michelin star restaurants um and you don't need to learn you know a three michelin star but you need to learn a place that does everything from scratch and Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's super important to note. Um, but um, in the attention to detail, that is like so important. That's why I love it. It's so regimented and it's like important. And then you could do whatever you want once you learn that. Um, you could do, you know, casual, you could do whatever you want. But as long as you learn that, you know, the regimen of cooking, it, that's the whole the whole key. But um, but yeah, it, it's um, that's kind of like what, what I did and what my, my start was. I lived in Spain. I lived in France. Um, what did working abroad teach you uh, when you came back here to the States? What lessons did you take away from, from working in some of those restaurants? Um, besides it being like kind of like aha moments and like seeing stuff you've never seen before, um, perseverance, um, grunting and grinding through stuff. I mean, it's already, I, I, I was already at a point, I didn't know a lot about cooking, but I loved it. And I worked at a few handful of really good restaurants. But the kids were on a different level, and they knew so much more. So it was just I just wanted to be a sponge and, um, you know, being told you're doing things wrong a lot. And (laughs) just, you know, and then you have this whole, like, um, language barrier. You know, I was in the Basque region for a long time, for 10 to 11 months at Martin Barisategui. And, um, you know, it was just... It was super difficult on that, you know. So I think my first two weeks, I washed a lot of windows and cleaned a lot of toilets, <laughs> just to know that hey, I was serious and I'll, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes. And um, and it was fun, but um, yeah, it, I, I had a blast. It was uh, it was definitely some trying moments, but uh, I think uh, I think it all worked out. What made you decide to come back to St. Louis to open up a restaurant, to be in the restaurant I, industry I here? I fell in love with this town when I was in, in uh, at school, at the university. You know, I had five uh, five years here, and it was great. And then, um, and then I met my wife, mm. and so she's from St. Louis. Okay. And then I saw about a girl, and <laughs> but we already, my brother and I, really had intentions of coming back here. You mm. know, we we had small intention maybe of coming going back and and, and doing our family restaurant, but. Yeah. Um, in Santa Fe, but um, that, uh, you know, we, we chose St. Louis, so, and I'm so glad. And, and by that point, though, uh, in my career, I already knew I was coming to St. Louis. Our family restaurant had closed. It closed in 2000 or a okay. little before then and for a timeline. And so 
Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, so what year did you come back to St. Louis? Uh, for good in 2002. 2002. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you came back mm-hmm. and walk me through kind of what your thought process was as you got back to the city and you were like, all right, what am I doing? Well, that's a good question. You know, it's kind of like, it's funny. You know, I really didn't know. I didn't know how financially we're going to bootstrap it. I didn't know. I didn't, I had a game plan. Like I worked for a lot of good people and I knew that I can get a job somewhere. So So you had stayed in touch with a lot of the people that you had met and worked with here. And then I I basically got a a job. I uh, remember, you know, my wife had gone to school with Steve Gontram at Harvest. And so him and Chris Valer and that whole crew, I, uh, I hung out with for a, for a year um, in, t- I think it was 2001 or maybe that was 2000. No, it was 2002. And then 2003 is when we basically, um, through that year of working at Harvest and stuff, I kind of got my game plan. And then Tom McKinley, who was the old owner of Sydney Street, mm-hmm. he had been to our family's restaurant in Santa Fe and he mm. had heard from, because it's a small town, St. Louis, um, he had heard from... Um, one of our this real estate uh, gentleman, um, Ken, he, he heard that we were looking for you know a home, mm-hmm. and so um, you know. The so how did that con- yeah? So how did that conversation go, and what did you think about? It, it's that so I- bizarre because it's like <laughs> I, I didn't really think about taking over a restaurant. I mm-hmm. wanted to do our own restaurant, and it was kind of like it gave me when I, I remember when we first got into to Sydney Street. It was like the same vibes of my growing up in my family restaurant. It was mm. very family oriented. The building had such a good feel. It was like really warm. And um, and I, I felt like on three levels, it was a good financial decision because you had a, um, you could buy the building and, and, and it, Harry kind of had a build up, but then it was a place I knew I could kind of evolve. At least I thought I could. Mm-hmm. And then um, thirdly, it was kind of like um, it had well you know, supported. And it's kind of like, well, I think this is an opportunity. Um, I didn't know how it was going to end, but, you know, and a lot of people were like, you're taking over a restaurant even you know I, I think even my father-in-law my my uh my mom and my dad were just all like that but we knew that was a good choice at the end of the day and i had their support my father-in-law is the one that really helped me um financially mm-hmm. he he made our dream come true and to this day he still still helps us uh more more emotional support and uh, he was a tax <laughs> Equally attorney. important he's incredible <laughs> incredible man i learned a lot from him but um but yeah that was kind of the start of it and then you know, I never, I figured like that was my dream. I wanted to get that. And we just kind of evolved that over the years. Yeah. So as you, this past year was our 20th year. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 20 years in the restaurant industry. I mean, that's huge as we see so many open and close, uh, that longevity, uh, what does 20 years mean to you? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I think in, in the industry, it's, it's a long yeah, time. I, I think, true. you know, we have been. When you have your own business, it's it everything adversely affects. So we had in two thousand seven eight, we had the um, I remember when Gerard was down here and actually we're in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the highway closure and then we oh, had yeah. the financial disaster. So we kept on getting always punched in the face. I mean, there was like seven or eight different years I thought we were going to close. Mm. I had no idea. Like, how are you going to keep this afloat? It was it was all nerve wracking. But just perseverance and just keep on believing and, and the people will come. And and they did, you know, and they um, it, it's kind of like a roller coaster and it's like life it mimics life it's just there's highs and lows and and the true highs are only experienced and really savored when you've gone through a lot of lows so um i think it uh it was definitely 20 years of that 
But, um, you know, it's just keep on going and, you know, surrounding yourself with better people. Like, mm -hmm. we have such an amazing staff, and, uh, and I always think of just trying to get be people that are better than us and smarter and just, you know, um, and just work together and just, you know, have that common goal. And, uh, and then watching kids blossom and leave your place and they open their place and just being really proud of them. And it's just, yeah, I it's imagine cool... 20 years you've seen a lot of incredible folks come through that restaurant yeah, and, and go awesome. on to their, so proud of their endeavors. Yeah, so proud of them. When you essentially got the keys to, to Sydney Street, what did you want? What did you think about when you were like, all right, here's what I'm looking for as a restaurant. Here's what I want to do. I I honestly, Alexis, <laughs> I really didn't know. I, even when I was in the midst of it, I knew that I wanted, I knew the food I loved and I wanted to kind of incorporate that, but mm -hmm. it, it took major time. It was like one of those things of like, you know, the first time we ever put foie gras on the menu, the first time, I remember my first dish I ever changed there. And it was like this, like, I was trying to remember the other day, I was thinking about it because I knew we were going to be on this podcast, mm -hmm. but it was like a halibut dish. And I did like a saffron risotto. And I did this like, like almost shellfish broth. And I just remember that like, that was like my first dish. And it was like those or like, you know, doing all vinaigrettes and like, you know, it was like little like triumphs. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's been 20 years of that. And we're constantly evolving it, you know, um, during COVID was a big change. You know, I did taste of menus before and I felt like it was two different restaurants and I kind of like just change it all up at uh, right after COVID and just, um, it just, it was, it was a more approachable menu, I think. And then also it was just, it ha had that same integrity mm. and that same fun and play, but it wasn't like, you didn't have to like say, oh, if I get a taste of menu, I'm a beer for three hours mm -hmm. or that kind of thing. And it's been all the better for us. Um, it, it was really well received and it's been super supported. Is it scary so. changing a menu, changing things up for a restaurant that has such a sort of establishment in St. Louis? Is it does it scare you to make changes? Well, I think everything in life scares you. Right. But I think you have to evolve. The, the you don't sometimes changing without changing is a change mm, mm -hmm. but we totally we knew we had to go in a different direction because um it just wasn't working right before covid so I, we knew we kind of had to just kind of break it up a little and make it more approachable mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and um yeah and it, of course it's scary but i think going out of business is is, is scarier mm -hmm. and, and and more of like i didn't want to ever disappoint my uh my staff you know there's so many lives that you're you're um you're responsible yeah. for in those families that's the that's the kicker that's what but then you just i mean communication is the key to all things in life whether it be your personal life or or uh, at work and i think that the most important part there is just your staff has to get behind it and you tell them hey this is the direction i think we need to go and you listen to everyone's input and then you push forward and you know sometimes you make a bad decision but gratefully we made some good decisions and yeah, and here we are. We're still kicking it, <laughs> kicking around, you know? Um, how have you seen sort of the restaurant and dining industry change in 20 years here in St. Louis? I mean, it, you have it's been amazing. there as the, the peak of sort of fine dining. Uh, talk to me about how sort of that customer has changed, what you guys have had to do to kind of keep fresh, keep going two decades in. Um, I mean, it's evolved. It's so, there's so many incredible people um, here, and I'm not going to name a bunch of people, but everyone knows. It, it just it takes a village, and I am so proud of this town in the last 20 years of just building it. You know, the the whole base was built on you know Vince Bomarito, Bill Cardwell, um, you know Gontram. Like there, there's a handful of uh, of people that are truly. Uh, 
um, for that foundation. You know, even the John Rices and, and uh, Lee Riddells and, and, you know, just Tom Sainer, you know, uh, from Manny Guns. You know, I don't want to leave anybody out. But um, that was the foundation base. And it's kind of like, okay, well, how do you build on that and how do you attract people? And it's like, I think the cool part was that, that St. Louis – um, just got this steam and momentum of people just coming in and it just really um, it evolved and everyone kind of just does their own different thing I mean in this little neighborhood we have amazing place Little Fox an amazing place Lucky Accomplice and Press and just everyone kind of does their own fun stuff and then um, you know Blue City it, it's like it's so fun that's just this little pocket right you know? Um, there's so many uh, places, and it's kind of like uh, that's what makes St. Louis fun is that you uh, can go, and there's so many fun efforts and, and uh, different cuisines and, and, uh, and fun ho- hospitality. So it's cool. How, how much do you, you know, you mentioned so many great spots, and I think nationally there's been a lot of recent attention on our food scene. I think it's something that a lot of us here in St. Louis, we know we've had a really good food scene yeah. for a li- uh, long time. And you know, it's not the first time we've gotten national press for our food scene. But how do you feel that you, well, your restaurants help drive tourism? They bring people to see these unique neighborhoods from across the country, across the world, and just even in our region, bringing people to Soulard to Benton Park. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily bring or or, or that, but I, I think they are attributes to a, a good city. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, St. Louis has, like, so many cool things going on with, like, Forest Park and just all these different, you know, the the um, city museum and just all these little pockets. And it's just great to see it all filled out with great restaurants and bars and, you know, speakeasies. And, uh, you know, now we have this incredible soccer uh, park. Mm-hmm. Um, and just it's fun to see everyone kind of up in their game. And then the, the food scene is just like fun little caveats that like, you know, life is about like having an experience. And, you know, everyone works their butt off all day. And these restaurants are basically escapes to get mm-hmm. out. And, you know, you have like families and you know, whatever, whatever that is. And it's like, Hey, how do you, how do you escape for a couple hours after, you know, 10 hours of craziness and just <laughs> to kind of, and all you want to do is unwind. It's even better when there's like a really good effort put to get together and um, it's a fun atmosphere, but um, I think they're all good efforts. You know, it's kind of hard to have a bad effort. Yeah. You know, you mentioned sort of that feeling of escape, uh, you know, here at Peacemaker, this is a, is a place that sort of feels like you're transported somewhere else. Was that an idea when you were thinking about what you wanted to do in addition to Sydney Street? Yeah. How did you create and come up with the concept here at Peacemaker? Well, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana mm-hmm. when I worked at Commander's Palace, like three years, two to three years. And um, I loved like gumbo and, you know, uh, pool boys and all that kind of stuff. And then I also loved growing up, I loved like lobster rolls. And, you know, I lived in the East Coast and um, it was, I was like thinking to myself, like, if I was done with the shift at Sydney Street, what do I want to eat? And that's kind of like, it was a selfish move. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of like, I love Maine. I love Maine so much. So um, I was like, you know, I'm going to just kind of try to merge the two. And I used the Acadian route to merge the two because they basically started out in Maine and then they kind of migrated down to Lafayette, Louisiana. So mm-hmm. the same people who are making your chowders were basically creating your gumbos. And so it was a, that was an easy connection right there. Um, and that was it. You know, it was just kind of, uh, and then just, a lot of people just helping out for that goal, whether it be my brother, my wife, 
the team, you know, it's just incredible. It takes a village, you know, and then you have ideas. Even the people building it, you know, this guy, Sasha Malinek, he's incredible. Um, and he's one of those guys, like, I could tell him, like, my vision was something, and he is able to kind of spit it out. And I like to be hands-on with everything. So <laughs> I'll be like, okay. Like, for instance, I wanted to recreate my family's restaurant, La Chile, and I put it in Tulsa. So we, were like, went to Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I'm like, this is my grandparents' house. This is our old restaurant. And, like, you know, it's kind of like, like, I always, like, want to, like, you know, it to feel as real as possible mm -hmm. um, without it being not really. And that's what we tried to do with, with Peacemaker, you know, and hopefully it's unique. And it was my buddy's old spot, and I remember when he, like, was asked me, it was like, oh, you should take it over. And I'm like, I don't even know what I put in there. And <laughs> that was the start of it. Right. So did that kind of blame Was it him. almost like, did you feel like pressure to continue sort of? Well, you're pressure. Of course. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, it's like, but you know what's weird is that ignorance is bliss. And um, I think sometimes you're just not, if you really sat down with, or, or to really think about it, you'd be scared out of your mind. You probably wouldn't do it. So mm. I'm, I was probably just like, I'm going to do this. I could do this. Yeah. I can pull it off. But like to think about it, it's like, oh my God, that is uh, pretty, pretty scary. If you like, it's like putting your feet over the cliff, but um, it was cool. You know, a lot of help from so many people and, you know, thank God it's being supported now. So um, we just love it. So, yeah. And you mentioned you have a location as well in Tulsa. How did you yeah. decide to expand to Tulsa? Um, God, I tell you, we had a deal fall through. I tried to get into Denver, Colorado, and mm. I was there for a full year, and we had a deal, and the 11th hour, it all turned, spit out, and a gentleman had been coming to Sydney and Peacemaker and um, always leaving his business card, and he was mm -hmm. from Tulsa, Oklahoma, and um, my wife, after, you know, she listened to me pout and get mad about Denver uh, for a month, <laughs> she was like, you should call this guy, and I'm like, I don't know, Tulsa? And, you know, my wife's family's from Bartlesville, Oklahoma. Oh, okay. So... And she was like, it's, Tulsa is cool. You, I you hear that. I've never out. been, but and I hear it's a cool so town. I called him up, and it turned out he's from Bartlesville, and he turned out to be his, um, you know, his, his dad was, like, the pediatrician uh, for, like, all the kids in Bartlesville. Oh. So it was kind of it was a weird <laughs> connection. So I was like, I'm going to go check this place out. And um, I'm so glad we did. Mm. It is such a unique town. And um, it's funky. You know, I grew up in San Fe, so you've got that artsy click. You've got, like, just – and it's got – it's really fun. It's super unique. Um, it's When you get there, you're like, I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> and um, and it's got a really fun food scene that is pushing very similar to the way that, like, St. Louis in its early years was pushing. And, like, it was pushing way before I got there. Mm. And, you know, the McNelly Group is a perfect example. They incredible uh, restaurant group, and they mm. put together incredible concepts, Bowl in the Alley. Um, like one of my favorite steakhouses in the country and um it's just it's fun it's super unique and that's how it basically it happened and you know um this gentleman jeff scott lured me there and uh and then you know we during covid we were able to get the building and so i decided to put my family's restaurant in right next door to peacemaker and it's that's really awesome. fun and uh, it was kind of like i didn't expect that to happen but mm. like Everything in my life has been just kind of like I don't plan this stuff to happen. It just kind of organically happens, and so um, I love it. it. It's like super cool. It, it was. A, it's been really fun. What's next for you? <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know. I my my wife, if she was to answer that, she would say absolutely nothing. But <laughs> but um, I have an incredible relationship with uh, Kevin Lemp, and we yeah. we were fortunate enough seven years ago. I think it's seven, maybe it's eight, or no, it's like seven years ago. Um, 
that we teamed up and we did the four hands downtown and I'm doing the because food. Because you have the food there, which yeah, is always which is delicious. A, well, and thank you. Uh, thank you. A great combination with Four Hands, another amazing company here in St. Louis. Yeah. And, and so was it, we, sorry, I no. was going to just say, you know, when you were thinking about what to bring into a brewery, did you know, like, okay, we're going to, we're going to stick with what we're doing here. We're going to add a little bit of this. What did you think when you were kind of crafting a menu for a brewery? I kind of got his feedback. It was like, you mm. know, um, I think there was an old operator there and they did stuff. And I'm like, I wanted to get like just what his team thought about it. He knew what we wanted to do. And I'm like, I don't want it to be fully like peacemaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, you know, but I wanted to have like little like tastes and nuances. And so it, it kind of just metamorphosed into the, what the menu is now. And I just, you just want it fun, delicious and affordable. Um, and hopefully, you know, hopefully it's that a lot of times uh, more than not. Um, and then we, you know, pre COVID, we'd always kicked around doing um, a project somewhere else, more mm-hmm. of a substantial restaurant. And um, we had different ideas at different places. And then, um, and so it just metamorphosed and we ended up picking Kirkwood. And um, we also threw our hat in like, like three or four years ago uh, for the airport. And um, we got that too. So, mm. um, you know, in the, in the late spring, early summer, we're going to be opening those two concepts. That's amazing. So, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, everyone is so excited about Kirkwood. Anytime anyone asks me, like, what do you know about Kirkwood <laughs> happening? So, yeah, what's the, what's the latest there? You know, it's hopefully May. That's where okay. our, our fingers are crossed. I mean, they are building. I'm, it, it's, it's great to see it coming together. Um, it's fun. You know, I, I think you're going to get, like, um, a lot more Peacemaker with some forehand grates in there. You know, um, you're going to have lobster rolls and all that kind of stuff. And then um, you're going to have, like, you know, a patty melt, which is like a Frisco bird, you know, and that kind of stuff. So you're going to have some fun uh, stuff that's just different. I think it's it's good for the neighborhood. It's unique. It's different. Um, and hopefully it's well-liked. I love our location. I love that, like, little that, that whole area. Mm-hmm. So, um, and it's been it's been great. I love working with Lemp. He's a, uh, he's a great operator, and uh, he has high, high standards. And uh, it's been fun. So, and then we're doing the airport together. Yeah, Very similar concept. That's exciting. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we're going to the Southwest Corridor, and um, and that um, yeah, and it's basically kind of that same same concept. What is there a a, a whole other challenge of going into an airport? Um, I'll probably answer that better <laughs> six months into it. Yeah. But yes. Right now it's just different. Right. You know, I think more of like, you know, how do you keep standards? How do you, mm-hmm. how do you hire certain people with, you know, it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's been a lot of like, a lot of fun hoops. Um, but, um, I think more importantly, it's like the airport, um, they really want to up the game and, you know, there's a lot of changes in the horizon. Mm-hmm. It's, it's going to be so cool. Um, I've seen the schematics for it, and um, it's incredible. And I'm just glad that we're we're able to be a small, little, tiny part of it. There's uh, some great operators in there, and I think there's even more coming. And um, it's just fun, and it's fun to see that um, you know customers can come, and even if they're only coming through St. Louis for a couple hours, that there's options in the airport. Absolutely, that can kind of little glimpses of St. Louis. Yeah, what has been one of the biggest highs of your career? Um, I mean, they're all highs, right? I mean, you can't, you can't choose a different high. I mean, opening this place was pretty incredible. It was like, I mean, still to this day, I don't know how financially we pulled it together. It was <laughs> like, I felt like I was, you know, taking my, my, you know, my first Holy Communion money out. I was like, <laughs> every dime we were like, kind of like ringing the, the claws. And today I still feel like that, but, um, 
uh, that was a that was an extreme high, and that was like the first day my uh, my oldest went to uh, school, so mm. it was kind of a unique unique experience. Um, I don't know. Our tenure of Sydney was really cool. Our twenty year of Sydney is really cool. Um, opening in a new state, I don't know. They're all incredible. You, you know, I don't sit there and be like, oh my god, what, what, like these are all so amazing or whatever. But it's like. I think I get such a kick out of all the people have come in and out of the uh, restaurants. It's mm-hmm. been that's been super cool, just watching people like really blossom and and do really well in the in the city and and just kind of it's fun and just your you know your your relationships with di- different chefs and how that has evolved and you know some some of them are your best friends and it's really cool. How does that? Do you consider yourself a mentor? I consider <laughs> myself just I. Try to show up and, and be helpful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if I mentor. I, I, I mean, I don't sit there and think I know everything <laughs> because I don't. But, but I like, do. I love being, I, I love, so many people along my ride, and my ride's still going, have been so helpful, so, like, you know, re, you know, reaching out and all that kind of stuff. So I just always want to mimic that. I was going to say, I mean, you, you kind of glazed over a lot of the uh, many incredible places that you've worked at in your career and probably some of those mentors. Is it hard for you to accept that you are probably also one of those incredible chefs and mentors to young chefs in our city? I don't know about that, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it's fun. I love, I just, I really do, do love helping people. And I love ha- having people that come by and they really like have a vision and they like want to like evolve and maybe open up their own restaurant or be a chef somewhere. And it's just watching that and watching that sparkle in their eye and they're so hungry. And, uh, that, that is the cool part. That is the, the true, uh, why you do this. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you know exactly when our latest episodes drop. We've got a lot of great episodes coming your way from some of St. Louis's best breweries and longtime favorites to some brand new spots that are opening up very soon. Make sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll meet you back here next week.